0: Can you feel it? Your heart beats faster.
1: You struggle to catch your breath. Your mind races. The time has come, once again, for the Deep Dive Podcast's Horror Month.
0: Join us if you dare. <laughs>
1: Hello, divers. Welcome to the premiere of season four of the Deep Dive Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here once again for another year of barely coherent podcast entertainment and whimsy. As is tradition here in Studio D, we are celebrating this October with Horror Month. Five Fridays of Frightful Fun. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wings Chop Movie Magazine, and normally, this is where I introduce my wonderful co-host, the amazing Manda Lorian. Sadly, she will not be joining us this week. An unforeseen medical issue is, unfortunately, preventing Manda from being here this week. So please, 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 Join me in sending Manda all of your positive vibes, thoughts, and well wishes you can as she recovers. We all hope to have her back in the studio soon because it is just not the same without her. Get well, Manda. So, you are all stuck with me for the time being. And you hear that sound? That is the sound of people turning off their devices that they listen to podcasts with. So for the rest of you who have decided to stick with it, let's try to make the best of this, okay? Oh, speaking of the best of it, that is our theme for the first episode of this horror month. I will be revealing to a hungry populace my personal top 10 horror films of the 1970s. Now, a little caveat here, these picks are not necessarily what I consider to be the best horror movies of the decade, but rather my own personal favorites, and are presented in no particular order. These are the movies I will be watching all month long, after my wife has gone to bed because she hates scary movies. She has still not forgiven me for taking her to see The Blair Witch Project in the theater on a date. She still has nightmares about seeing Mike standing in the corner of the basement, but that's, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Now, my personal love of horror movies began while I was a young lad growing up in the 1970s. Of course, at the time, any scary movies I was able to see were all edited for television. This was before pre-recorded videotapes were widely available and cable TV was still fairly new. So, the horror I was exposed to as a kid wasn't all that horrible. Honestly, I was more scared by the horror movie trailers that ran on TV. Especially this one.
0: Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, change o and now he is me. Hocus pocus, we take her to back. Magic is free. We're dead.
2: Josephine Levine presents Magic, A Terrifying Love Story, starring Anthony Hopkins, Anne Margaret, and Burgess Meredith, rated R.
1: Oh, that one really got me. Jeez, still can't bring myself to actually watch that movie. Ugh. But it wasn't until the late 1970s that I got to see a full-on, unedited horror movie. Thanks to my Aunt Betty. No, she didn't take me to see a scary film, but... She did have HBO. Mm -hmm. I stayed with my Aunt Betty for a whole week while my parents went on a Caribbean cruise. Or is that Caribbean? Eh, whatever. Each night after Aunt Betty went to bed, I'd sneak out to the living room, park myself right in front of her TV, and watch whatever was on HBO and Cinemax. I got quite an education that week especially from the late-night offerings on Cinemax, but that's not for an all-ages podcast. However, it was the first time I got to see my first-ever R-rated horror movie, the one that begins my list of top ten horror movies of the 1970s. 1976's Carrie. It's
0: the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement. Everybody is there, even Carrie White, the girl no one likes. Oh, sorry
2: about this incident,
0: Cassie. It's Carrie! And everyone makes fun of her. Carrie! Free, Carrie! The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. But tonight, no one will laugh at Carrie. If
2: you don't have a date for the prom next Friday, would you like to go with me?
0: She's with the best-looking boy in the senior class. He's trying to trick me again. She'll be voted queen of the prom. You know, I can make sure that you don't hurt Carrie White anymore. For Carrie, it will be a dream come true. For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. <laughs> Carrie. A new film by Brian De Palma. Based on the chilling bestseller. Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie.
1: This movie messed with my head on many levels. As a... Fairly sheltered preteen, there were quite a number of shocking elements in Carrie that freaked me out. So for the uninitiated, Carrie is based on Stephen King's very first novel. Uh, the title character, Carrie White, is a teenage girl dealing with being painfully shy and awkward, having a psycho-religious mom, and developing scary telekinetic powers. Carrie becomes the target of a cruel prank by her classmates during the high school prom. This humiliation causes Carrie to pretty much lose it, and she unleashes the full power of her mind, destroying the school gymnasium and killing almost everyone inside in grisly fashion. Oh, and there's that little um, jump scare at the very end. Thanks for that, Brian De Palma. Now, the creepy religious themes, the cruelty of Carrie's peers the bloody deaths, etc. all made an impact on my still-forming brain. It's still an uncomfortable movie for me to watch, but it's a terrifically well-made film with great performances by Sissy Spacek as the troubled Carrie White and Piper Lori as her deranged mother. Let's go through just a few more of my top 10 of the 70s. Now, uh, most of these are pretty much givens and not very surprising, so we'll just go through a few of them. Uh, there's John Carpenter's 1978 moody slasher film classic, Halloween. And the following year, that brought another incredibly stylish take on the monster movie, Ridley Scott's Alien. Earlier that decade, arguably the scariest film ever made was released, causing audience members to faint faint. Vomit and check their rosary beads. The Exorcist.
0: Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world the <gasps> world of darkness. <laughs> it.
2: All right, well, let's see what the
0: Nobody believed it and nothing could stop it.
2: There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. And I want you to tell me that you know
0: for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind.
2: You tell me you
0: know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that. The one hope, the only hope, the exorcist.
1: What Jaws did for sharks, my next pick did for tall men and flying silver balls that impale themselves in your skull. 1979's dreamlike fantasy horror classic, Phantasm. Now That takes us halfway through the list. And if you're still with me, we'll dig into the last five picks with what I consider to be the greatest zombie movie ever made. The late great Roger Ebert called it the Gone with the Wind of horror movies. George A. Romero's epic Zombies in a Mall spectacular Dawn of the Dead. In
2: 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time.
0: Oh, not that room, not that room! <laughs>
2: Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 (laughs) o'clock. Get out. I don't believe it. We're going to get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food they eat their victims imagine if you will that something has gone terribly wrong (laughs) now accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences george romero brings back the dead night of the living dead has ended dawn of the dead is here
0: We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operated dead, post abandoned. You may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center, one of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. Get a war. I'm afraid.
2: We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad.
0: Destroyed on sight!
2: When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth.
0: We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead.
1: There are a number of versions of this gory masterpiece available online, but seek out what's called the Extended Mall Hours Cut. It's a lengthy two-and-a-half-hour cut of the film made from both the U.S. theatrical release and the internationally released cut. But it's got everything. Now, the last four on my 70s list are the more obscure titles you might not automatically think of as top-tier horror movies, but I love them anyway. Especially my next pick, a made-for-TV movie that kick-started the career of one of Hollywood's greatest movie directors.
0: Okay, you want play games? Ah.
1: Back in the bus, please, oh, please, come lips, on, hard.
0: come on, back in the bus! Hey, stop.
1: Steven Spielberg's 1971 movie, Duel, was his first feature-length film and was originally a made-for-TV movie of the week. The film turned out so well, it was released in theaters internationally. The plot is incredibly basic. An average everyman, played by Dennis Weaver, is terrorized by a menacing trailer truck whose unknown driver seems intent on killing him. The film is amazingly suspenseful and is a clear precursor to the style used a few years later by Spielberg when he directed Jaws. Oh, one quick note here. You may wonder, why isn't Jaws on your list? Well, to put it simply, I've never considered Jaws to be a horror movie. It's got some elements of horror, but to me it's an adventure thriller, not a horror movie. Uh, There may be an argument to be made otherwise, but it's my list, so there. And the difference between Jaws and Duel being a horror film is that there is some sort of malevolent intent here by whoever's driving that truck, uh, whereas the shark is merely sort of a, a force of nature. That's the main difference to me anyway. But my next entry. Has some similarities actually to Spielberg's duel, but with uh, a decidedly more supernatural bent.
2: Evil has visited the earth in many forms. Now it returns as the car.
1: There was no driver in the car. The car possessed. I know why he didn't go into the cemetery. The ground was hallowed. Yeah.
0: Who knows what it wants? They all
2: know nothing can stop the car. This
0: is Wade! We can't let him through, no matter what! Stay in close! Get after stuff!
2: Nowhere to hide. No way to stop the car.
0: I, th- I think I hear the engine of that car. It's around here somewhere. Wait, I'm scared. No, I promise you I won't go out. Tell me what to do, baby. I, I uh, uh.
2: What evil force drives the car?
1: So instead of a massive truck menacing a single hapless individual, 1977's The Car has a jet-black 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III mowing down folks in a small desert town, including the local sheriff. The deputy sheriff, played by uh, Thanos' dad, James Brolin, tried to take down the villainous vehicle. But this, oh, this is no ordinary car. It appears to be indestructible and unstoppable. It also seems to be missing one key element, a driver. The car appears to be possessed by some evil presence, a theory that seems to be proven when the car is unable to enter a local cemetery. It's hollowed ground. So, how do you stop the car? Well, I can think of one way. You released the movie one week before Star Wars. Yet, yeah, that's actually what happened. The car flopped at the box office. It got horrible reviews, but looking back, yeah, yeah, okay, it's not a great film, but it is a whole lot of campy fun, and I just love it. I even have a model of the car. Itself displayed in my man cave right here in Studio D. Luckily, it hasn't tried to run over any of my Star Wars toys in revenge. All right, back to the list. There's nothing quite as scary as the thought of becoming a parent. What are you supposed to do with these helpless, tiny versions of yourself? What do they need? Food? What do you call them? Is there a manual? Well, as tough as being a new parent can be, it can be tougher if your baby is literally a monster. The Davises
0: have had a baby, but
1: they're not sending out any announcements. Most new
0: parents are a little scared when they have a baby. The Davises are terrified. You see, there's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. It's alive, don't see it alone. Please, PG.
1: Like the ad campaign says, there's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. So Frank and Lenore Davis are anxiously awaiting the birth of their second child after years of using a new kind of contraceptive pill. However, it seems like long-term use of that pill has had some unexpected side effects. You know, like turning their newborn infant into a fanged and clawed murder spawn. Now, Immediately after giving birth, the Davis baby goes on a killing spree, forcing both the police and the baby's father to go hunting for this diminutive delinquent before it can do any more damage. Yeah, it's kind of silly, and the social commentary with the drug companies and all that is a little ham-handed, but it's still an insanely fun movie. The actual baby makeup effects are really creepy, And helped by the fact that you don't really see too much of it. Uh, The acting is fairly decent as well. So I I do recommend it because it is a a wacky, insane, but fun movie to watch. Now, there are also a couple of sequels. There's the cleverly named It Lives Again. And It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive. That's not a joke. Uh, There was also a remake in 2009, but we're not going to talk about that that brings us to the last, but certainly not least, movie on my top 10 horror movies of the 1970s. This was another film I saw on pay cable back in the early 80s. It scared me more than any other movie I have ever seen. It has themes of body horror, psychic powers, multiple personalities, and automatonophobia which is an irrational fear of mannequins. My final pick is the severely underrated 1979 horror film Tourist Trap.
2: Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. Tourist Trap. Where beautiful young people, looking for excitement, are tricked, terrorized,
0: trapped. go! <laughs> <trapped, laughs> Trap Shock, you can see,
2: terror, you can feel. Heart-stopping suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap.
1: Boy, this movie really freaked me out when I saw it as a sheltered young lad. The premise is a very simple one. A group of horny teens, their car breaks down in the middle of nowhere, and they seek help from a seemingly harmless old man named Mr. Slauson, played by veteran actor Chuck Connors. Slauson owns a dilapidated roadside museum. A tourist trap, if you will. Mr. Slauson offers to help fix their car while the teens wait inside the rundown museum. And this place is filled with creepy mannequins and animated figures, and it's just weird. And speaking of weird, the mannequins begin to move on their own, and there's this mysterious man with a horrifying mask lurking around. It seems that Mr. Slauson has a brother, Davey. Well, Davey has powers. He can move objects with his mind, which is how these mannequins are moving around on their own. And the teens begin dying in pretty gruesome ways and being somehow turned into mannequins themselves. So we even get to witness this process in one of the movie's scariest scenes, as a young woman is slowly suffocated by having her face plastered over. Ugh, I still get chills thinking about it. It also has a truly bizarre ending that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but still kind of seems fitting for the tone of the movie. As I'm sure you can tell, this film had quite an impact on me. It is the rare movie that I can't really re-watch because it still creeps me out. Anyway, that is the list. Once again, let me go over my top 10 movies of the 1970s. We've got The Exorcist, Phantasm, The Car, It's Alive, Dawn of the Dead, Duel, Alien, Halloween, Carrie, and Tourist Trap. All of these movies can be found on most streaming services for rent or purchase, with the surprising exception of Dawn of the Dead, which, as of this recording, can be seen for free on YouTube. Oh, speaking of things that are not free, uh, we have some new merchandise on our merch store on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. We have a new Horror Month 2021 t-shirt. Check it out. I think it's pretty cool. I think you'll think it's pretty cool, and I think you'll buy lots of them. I may be wrong here, but that's okay. Also, I want to go back and uh, once again wish our co host, Manda, a speedy recovery. Uh, We all hope that she is doing very well. We hope to hear from her very soon. Hopefully, even in our next episode, maybe. Fingers crossed. So. Just remember to keep her in your thoughts and and uh, as we all do, we hope she's back very, very soon. All right, so next dive. We move ahead to the greatest decade for horror movies, the 1980s. I will reveal my top 10 horror movies for that incredible decade. Here's a hint, Flashdance is not on the list. Surprise, surprise. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast if you are so inclined. Once again, you can check out thedeepdivepodcast.com and that has all of our social media links there as well. All right, I'm Tom Feeney and I want to thank you for listening. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your doctor about any unusual side effects. And we will be back next week. Bye for now. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.